Are you creative? That's a rhetorical question, because of course you are. A creative is anyone who makes something from nothing. Creativity is everywhere and in everyone. And that means you. So what's been stopping your inner creative from bursting out? Probably fear. Fear is part of creating something. It's a real bee. But don't worry, we'll help you get through that. This podcast will be your guide to claim your creativity, redefine your relationship with fear, and build a new life centered around creative expression. You're going to learn tools from people who have found ways to manage life's ups and downs by turning their experience into purpose. Think of this podcast as your very own creative community. This is Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. Hello. Hello. (laughs) God, I'm glad I can make myself laugh. I hope that sometimes it makes you laugh too. Welcome to the show and it's time for another creative check-in. So today I want to talk with you about comparison. We hear things like comparison is a thief of joy or I always say comparison is the death of art and self. But something I never really considered is a more literal piece of it, and that is that comparison is often the source of failure. And this idea and thought, in fact, came up because of a little-known game called Connect Four. Ever heard of it? Connect Four? Yeah, that one. So I've been in Chicago this past weekend for my friend Alex's wedding, and On Friday night, me and my boyfriend went out to a bar, and it was his birthday. We were celebrating, had a little martini, extra dirty, extra olives. Thank you very much. And they had board games, which is so much fun. So we started playing Connect Four. And I had kind of thought Connect Four was like tic-tac-toe, you know? Like, I thought there wasn't much strategy to it. Like, any idiot could win the game. Oh, I was so wrong. I misjudged it. You actually do have to pay deep attention to the game, and it is slightly more complicated than tic-tac-toe because there's so many different ways that the four can happen. It can be diagonal, it can be horizontal, it can be vertical. There's a lot going on, okay? So I was so focused on what my boyfriend was doing, and it was early in the game, so like I was feeling a little cocky. I'd won two games already, and I was really, really focused on what he was doing, so much so that I missed my own opportunity to connect for. I didn't see a diagonal opportunity that had I not been so obsessed with putting a checker in before he got to his third checker, I would have been able to do a diagonal connect for. But because I didn't pay attention to my own stuff and I was so focused on him, I missed my shot. Another example of this was when I was younger, I used to swim. And there was one race I distinctly remember. I was on the team called Lockmore and we were against some other club and I was so focused on what the other swimmer was doing in the 50 freestyle I was swimming that I got second place. I almost got first place, but I was looking at them the whole time. And when I got out of the water, the coach said to me, well, Lauren, you swam great until you started looking at the other person. And so this is obviously a lesson that I've learned multiple times. Hopefully this will be my last one. Those are two very specific game-related examples. But if you're in your own creative life or business or just spiritual involvement and you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, you're going to miss your own opportunity. It's not even about the fact that it's going to make you miserable. Like the literal tangible effect of that is that you are going to miss your shot. And that would be a shame. So yeah, once in a while, we do need to scan the crowd to make sure, you know, we're on track or, 
you know, to see what else is out there, make sure we're not copycatting someone unknowingly. But really, you got to focus on yourself. Because if you're obsessed with what other people are thinking or doing, then you might just miss out on your opportunity to win at what you want to do and to create something really original and an integrity with who you are. So remember to focus on your growth, focus on yourself, and don't compare because everybody's on their own journey. Focus on yourself and what you want and how you can serve in your own unique way. And that is how you will win at whatever you want to do. Now to the guest. Maria DeSaro is an entrepreneur, TV personality, and singer, best known for owning and running her clothing store, Daywood Boutique, her frequent appearances on Fox 2 Detroit as a fashion correspondent, and for being one of my very best friends. Maria started out her creative journey on the stage, singing and dancing and doing as much musical theater as she could. However, upon pursuing it professionally, she quickly realized that a life away from home and family wasn't for her and decided to shift her creativity elsewhere to the family business. I just was praying on it and praying on it. And I woke up and something from my gut. If you have that little thing in your gut that's telling you to go in one direction, it's very hard to ignore it. So when I woke up that day, that little feeling in my gut became much greater which for me was a sign that that's a direction that I needed to take. Her business, Daywood Boutique, has been family-owned for over 60 years by three generations of women. Rather than just keeping with the tradition of what had always been, she took the road less traveled and made it her personal mission to update her family store with her style and what she felt customers wanted and needed. So with that, she redesigned the whole store, increased the inventory from just really fancy gowns for special occasions to everything from swimwear to athleisure. The redesign happened in 2015. Since then, the store has continuously expanded and had some of its most profitable years to date. I wanted to have Maria on because she is a real-life example of what the show is all about, making creativity the filter for your life and career, no matter what you do or who you are. Because of her creativity and ability to see what wasn't there, she's increased the lifespan and reach of her store exponentially and has had a more enjoyable process because she didn't put herself in a box. And she didn't just accept what was given to her. She said, how can I serve? How can I make this better? And also because Daywood really is my favorite store. They've dressed me for every school dance, music performance, and important event in my life and career. It's a brilliant example that customer service and truly caring about those you serve does still matter in the age of the internet. For anyone who is looking to build anything, but especially a brick-and-mortar store, you need to listen to her and hear what she did to shift the trajectory of her business. From our conversation, you'll learn how to transition careers, trust your gut, make the most out of being a big fish in a small pond, and even how to get creative with love. Now here she is, Maria DeSaro. All right, so we're rolling. Hey. (laughs) Hey, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So Maria DeSaro is an amazing woman who I've known since I was a young girl at the age of, uh, the budding age of 15. The budding age. Very budding. And I met Maria because people would come up to us in the hall and say, Maria, to me, or Lauren, to her. And we were not either person. We were ourselves. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so, oh, and I should I should announce right now that we have an audience member, my mom. You know what? I'm just going to say right now, they're going to laugh sometimes. We're going to call it out. Quite I'm- frankly, I think it's great <laughs> because... This is us. Yeah, this is us. Just and like it's the show. not the NBC show. <laughs> this is just us. And we're always with our parents. So yeah. for me, it's not odd or abnormal. It just feels right. It does feel right. That they would be here. It does feel right. So, you know, I had given them the rule that they couldn't laugh. But uh, my dad's deeply entrenched in his phone. He's not paying attention to the interview at all. But my mother, on the other hand, she's very much an active audience member. And you might hear her laugh from time to time. We've already exposed her of her giggles. Yes. So go ahead, Joe. Let it out. Let it out. (laughs) So anyway, I met Maria because finally we were like, well, I guess we should meet the person that everyone thinks we are in the hallways. Enough is enough. Right. And we met and we fell in love. Yeah, everyone kept saying, are you Lauren LaGrasso? Are you Lauren LaGrasso? Nobody was just calling you Lauren. It was always (laughs) Lauren LaGrasso, Lauren LaGrasso. I'm like, no, that's not me. Not I, said the fly. We were destined. We were destined to to be friends. friends. And we really, we met, you know, we did choir together, but you were on a track for a long time to become a musical theater star. Like that was the goal at the end of high school. You were going in that direction. So tell me where your brain was at and like what your dream was at that point. My brain was at singing and dancing 24-7, as you know. Yes. And I was going to go to Oakland University to study music theater. In Michigan, Oakland Michigan. What did I just say? No, that's what you said. I was just clarifying. Oh, in Michigan. Not, not a lot so of people. Sorry, I thought you meant like Oakland. Michigan, like U of M. I was oh, like, no. I wanted to go to U of M, but my grades weren't there. So the goal was to do Oakland University, which still had a very great music theater department. Mm-hmm. And I got a scholarship there, and I was all gung ho about it. Very excited. Had a roommate lined up. I was coming off of Les Miserables doing their musical at Gross Point South High School, which was... Ponine. She played Eponine. So I was coming off of that high, really excited, and like it was just my passion. It was just in me. It's all I did. Morning, noon, and night was sing, and we would rehearse until 11 p.m. because as you know, the high school that we both went to, the music theater department was very intense for just a high school. It wasn't just a basic high school music theater department. It was a lifestyle. It was a lifestyle. And, and it was their, abusive at times. It was abusive at times, but their productions were beautiful. Yes. They and got the they job were done. extremely professional. Like mm-hmm. I remember Les Mis, for two weeks that it ran, they were at full house for both two weeks. In fact, they had to add chairs in the aisleways to add additional people so they could get more people in the auditorium because everybody wanted to go see it. I'll be honest with you. It's still the best production of Les Mis I've seen. Oh, I haven't seen Broadway or anything, but I saw another professional production. It was like regional theater in in the LA area. And man, Grossmite South still crushed it. I think that year there were just a lot of talented people. There were for sure. That all went on to bigger and better things. So I think it definitely was a good platform. That being said, so I was going to go to Oakland University and my very ethnic Lebanese mother didn't want me to go away. Although away was me going 45 minutes away, which technically was like a commuter college. Right. But I was going to live there. But I was still only 45 minutes away. 
well, that was too far. And was that too far for you or too far for too her? Too far for her. But somehow, I'm not really sure what happened and what came over me, but I woke up in like June or July. School was about to start, and I just was like, I don't think I'm going to do music theater. Because I had heard so many stories about people moving to New York, and I knew moving out of state wasn't going to be for me, and I knew in order to succeed, I would have to do it. I felt as if I needed to go to, like, New York or Chicago. Right. Probably mainly New York. So, and I don't know what happened. I just woke up one day, and I thought, you know what? I think I want to keep singing, but I don't know if I want to make it my whole entire life and just devote my whole life to this. So I went to Wayne State, which was about 25 minutes away from my house, located right in downtown Detroit, very cool urban school. And I spent four years there and I graduated there with a public relations and a marketing degree, which I feel stemmed from the music theater background. So I've got a few questions for you. A lot of people toil over that type of decision for many months or even years. How do I give up? I don't believe you gave up on your dream. I think you found a better one. But people would think, oh, do I give up on my dream? This is the only thing I've wanted. Where for you, you said it was a split second decision. You said you don't know what came over you. But if you had to put your finger on it, what do you think did come over you and help you make that decision? And my second part to the question would be, How can other people out there who are struggling with going down two separate roads know the right path to take? Okay. Well, my answer is going to be a little bit more broad. That's okay. But it's We love a broad. (laughs) But it's basically just faith. I prayed on it so much and I like I pray on everything in life. So I just was praying on it and praying on it. And I woke up and something from my gut, if you have that little thing in your gut that's telling you to go in one direction, it's very hard to ignore it. So when I woke up that day, that little feeling in my gut became much greater, which for me was a sign that that's a direction that I needed to take. So I think a lot of times you envision yourself going in one direction. You think that's the right direction for you, but you just don't know. So my advice to people, if you're faith driven, or if you believe in the power of prayer is to pray on all of your big decisions in life, because I believe if something's not meant for you, it's not meant for you. Right. Although you can want it and you can think it's right for you. But if it's not meant for you, then it's not the direction you should be going in. So if you have that little, that little inkling or that little intuition inside of you that's telling you, Don't go left, go right. Sometimes you have to go right. Yeah, and follow that thread because usually it leads to a beautiful garment. And it did. That was a a big dream in the future, yes. It did. It did. And so you also mentioned that you feel like your music theater aspirations set you up for what you ended up studying. And I think a lot of times those small – or those steps on our path that we think are the be-all, end-all dream are actually just – particles of what the final dream will be. So how did you kind of like extract the parts of music theater that you loved to figure out what your new dream at that time would be, which was marketing and communication and all that? Well, I think just being on stage and always being in front of people and learning how to present myself and how to carry myself 
how to make eye contact, how to speak freely in front of people and not feel scared was so useful coming out of music theater. Those are some of the main elements that I learned that I took into public relations and marketing. Now, we should also mention the fact that my family has a business. Are we going to get there? We're just, we're painting the full picture. All right. So we'll (laughs) get there in a few minutes. So that helped it. Everything's a building block, just learning what you're good at. So I realized, okay, I'm not scared to stand in front of people and I love communicating and I love interacting with others. I also love selling I love branding and marketing. So I took a real appreciation to that field. So that's where I found myself. But just for a side note, I don't think I figured out fully that I was going to do that till my junior year, going into my junior year of college. Right. So giving yourself some time to simmer, some time to cook. Don't put the pressure on in those moments because it's all unfolding. And that was another thing that prayer like led me to because I was either going to go into business or go into marketing, two that I felt equally passionate about. But then always in the back of my mind, I contemplated becoming an attorney, which I'm certainly glad that I didn't (laughs) feel really strongly about that decision. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's the thing that I think is interesting. So now Maria really, in my opinion, is responsible for taking this family business that's been around for how many years? Almost 65. Almost 65 years and really bringing it to the new generation. So she took something that could have been a very typical, like just come into work and, you know, sell some clothes experience and really put a creative spin on it that has brought this business to a place where now I think it's even ready to expand in a bigger way. But how did you come to realize that you wanted to do this thing, which was run the family business, but do it in a different way that was all your own? Because I think for me... I, whenever my parents want me to do something, I fight it because I don't want to give in to what's expected of me. I want to do the opposite of that because mm-hmm. I just have a problem with authority. <laughs> but, but like, I think a lot of people out there would feel that way too. Like, you know, I'm not going to do that because that's the easy choice. But you took it and you didn't make the easy choice. You did things in an innovative and new and creative way. So how did you figure out that that was really your passion and what was driving you? And how did you do it in a different way? Well, my whole life, like you said, I would always say I wasn't going to go into the family business just because that was sort of expected of me. Right. And my mom actually never pushed it on me. She always said she would support me no matter what I decided to do. It was other people who expected it of you. But not people naturally assumed that that's what I was going to do. And that in itself would irritate me. Yeah. <laughs> so I would specifically be like, I'm not going into the family business. I'm just not. Right. Now I'm knee deep into the family business. And this business is <laughs> you sell everything from really cool workout clothes to beautiful high end yeah. dresses. So it started mainly with the more high end formal wear. Mm-hmm. And it was more just a special occasion store. Which, as you know, our world has changed drastically and people want to wear jeans when they're going out. And it's not a special occasion world that we're living in. Like, it's very rare that somebody wants to put on a long dress, even if they're going to a wedding. Like, times have changed. So I think I came into it and I sort of realized, like, we needed to head into a different direction because fashion is always evolving like anything else and you just have to constantly be changing so 
I thought it was in everyone's best interest if we gutted out the store to the studs. (laughs) (laughs) We removed every particle from the previous store because it hadn't been remodeled in over 40 years that was our second location the first location was downtown but anyways so i decided that we should renovate the store shred it down (laughs) get rid of everything and just kind of start fresh reset keep a lot of the same lines that we had before so you still have those customers that have been coming to you for years because at this Right, we see generations. Right, grandmothers, even their daughters, their granddaughters. You and your mom, like perfect example. But I'm sure at one point when you were coming in, you were just buying dresses for homecoming and prom. But now you're able to come in. You can buy a pair of leggings to go work out, or you can buy the shirt jeans, or you can wear that very classy witch great (laughs) shirt that you're wearing. I mean, you can come in and get such a wide variety now that there's really not one customer that could walk in and like leave without buying something just because there's something for everyone. But my question is, because I don't think that everyone would have known to do that. No, I don't think so, but we're going to get there. (laughs) So my question is, how did you know? Because that's an innovator. That's an, you see something before it's there. That's to me a big sign of if someone's an artist, that they're able to see the thing that isn't yet possible, that they can see the impossible. How did you know that that was the vision and direction the store needed to go in? And how, if somebody doesn't have that quality where they're an innovator, how can they start to build that up? I think at that point, I sort of felt as if it were like do or die. We either needed to change our direction. Otherwise, I don't know if the store would have been able to continue on for very long just because the direction of the lifestyle of the store was just going downhill. Like there wasn't a need for special occasion like there once was. Right. So that's so answer seeing, question one, just foreseeing the fact that the world is evolving. People want more casual, like we needed to evolve and get with the times, which if you're in a family business, your family's been doing one thing for a long time. It's hard to change and try to pull them into a different direction. But sometimes I think you have to be willing and ready to take risks if you really want to succeed and be good at something. So... <laughs> My father just left the room. I think we offended him. (laughs) He's bored of the interview. (laughs) He was like, how dare you talk about changing the family business? So that was question one. But I have something to unpack there. How did you convince your mom to go in this direction? Was she hesitant or resistant at all? She was, but I think she knew it was time to. And I think maybe deep down in her, it's something that she would have wanted to have done. And she just needed a little nudge. So I gave her that nudge. I just think it's more common for the younger generation to be willing to take risks. I think we're more risk takers. We're like our parents' generation. Well, they were children of depression babies. So they weren't taught to take as many risks. They were taught to be more careful. Whereas we were told we could do anything we wanted to do. Yes. Which in a lot of ways hurt us, but I think in a lot of ways paid off because we are willing to take different approaches to life and business. Yeah. And it's good to have a balance. I mean, I'm not saying like take risks where it's going to cost you money that you don't have. But if you're able to take the risk, you should do it. Because oftentimes that's what takes you to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're wise. if you're a person who's trying to do that within your own family business, um, your your advice on how to convince your other family members would be: you just have to be able to sit down and communicate, weigh out the pros and cons 
of doing it in a way that they can understand and see that it will be beneficial to them in the long run just by communicating. I mean, you can't be forceful and you can't push it if they really don't want to do it. But if you're able to sit down with your family or your mom and dad or whoever it is and say, look, these are the pros, these are the cons. In this case, the pros are going to outweigh the cons. Like, we're going to take the story into a different direction. We're going to add new lines. We're going to generate a whole new, you know, clientele, old and young. And we're going to get really involved in social media and we're going to do all of these things that you haven't been doing. It's only going to take you in the right direction. Right. So I think it's just about communicating and just knowing how to talk to them. In order to be an innovator, I think that's usually an innate skill. But if somebody doesn't have that, how do they develop it in themselves? I think there's so much research out there. That I would just start by reading and self-motivating myself and listening to podcasts like yourself. Have you ever heard of Gary V? No. You would love him. I gotta look up Gare. He's a, What's he up to? He has a podcast <laughs> and he had a family business. His family had a business, was a wine business. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're based out of New Jersey. And he took his family business and turned it into like a multi-million dollar corporation. And he is very big on social media. He doesn't sleep. He says he works 24 hours of the day. He tweets at 3 a.m. And he has a blog. And he has a podcast. And he just hustles like you wouldn't believe. So... I think if you find people like yourself or like Gary Vee, like somebody that's has something to say that's able to motivate you and to push you and to drive you, I mean, there's so much content out there now to consume that I would just, you know, throw myself into just research and educating myself on how to take whatever it is that I want to do to another level, how to do it. There's so many different ways. But I think the number one thing is social media right now. Mm-hmm. Just how because- do you like how are you creative with social media? How do you take your brand that you have going on and make sure it's represented the same way it would be in the store in your interaction with a person? It's represented the same exact way on the page. I think the key is you just have to constantly be putting content out there. You mm-hmm. just constantly have to be showing people what you have. Because we live in a visual world, people want to see things. And then also by describing it. I mean, sometimes I talk in my Instagram posts the exact way I do to a customer. I'm like, look, you can wear this detachable fox fur collar X amount of ways. You can put it on a jacket. You can put it on a sweater. You can put it on a blazer. You know. Yeah, I do hear your voice when I read the post. And I think keeping the voice consistent is really key. Just having one voice talking the whole entire time. But because I'm so hands-on with everything that's coming in and out of the store, that's like, it's very easy for me right, to talk about it because I'm passionate about it. And speaking of talking about it, you have used both your theater background and also your education and marketing, PR, and communication. And now you're a local correspondent for Fox 2 News. So you come in and you do these fashion segments. They've been wildly popular. Let me tell you, somebody who's produced a lot of shows in that vein, it is not easy to get a consistent spot to get on both the producer and the host's good side enough that they want to bring you in monthly. It's really amazing what you've done. So how did you use and how do you use your background in those aspects of your life to influence what you do there 
And if somebody does want to start doing media like that, how would you advise them? Well, I think the number one thing is just to be extremely natural and be yourself. How do you do that? Just by being authentic. If you're passionate about something and you're going to go in front of a camera and talk about it, A, you have to be educated. You can't just sit up there and BS. And you have to to make it. Yeah, absolutely. You can say anything you want. You have to make it easy for the producers too. you have to make it easy for them because you go in and they don't provide you with anything. Yeah. Like I used to do that, but most people don't. You have to make their lives easier. You have to be willing to walk in there, do a segment where we'll have like our models come out and I'll describe what they're wearing. And the host, you know, the anchor They'll chime in and ask questions, but they know if I'm coming in, I'm going to sit down and take the lead and they're going to have a, like a little break. Yeah, and we're going to engage, easy. but we'll engage in conversation and it's fun and it's natural, but you have to be educated because you have to bury yourself in your work. So if you're bury yourself in your work without letting it fully consume you, but if you enjoy what you do, it's easy to bury yourself in it, then you should be able to go sit comfortably and talk about everything talk about what you know Mm -hmm. so if you're branding something or if you're selling something and you're very educated on it it shouldn't be hard so when I go and sit in front of the camera same thing that I do with my Instagram and my Facebook I talk just like I talk to my customers Mm -hmm. very naturally and you have to talk to the average consumer the average person yeah, assuming they don't know about the fashion you're telling them about assuming and taking they don't them know. from A to Z. Without always selling. Yeah. With also offering tips. Like That's the biggest thing I think you is can't just like always helping be people. Pushing, mm-hmm. pushing sales down people's throats. You have to also be helpful. And that's how you take your brand to another level is just by offering tips and putting yourself out there in different ways other than just sell, 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 sell. And I find it so interesting that by following the path that you would have thought growing up was like most easier, the thing you didn't want to do, you ended up doing the thing that you thought you did want to do. Like you thought you wanted to be like the star and like the media personality Mm -hmm. or the singer. And by following what your true path was, Mm -hmm. you ended up there anyway. Mm -hmm. It was just an alternate route. It was an alternate route. So could you speak to that and why you think that happened? Followed my gut. <laughs> yes, honey <laughs> and it led me, And it led me to where I needed to be. But it is amazing when you reflect on it, how like all of my backgrounds and gifts and talents that I believe God gave me, I was able to just incorporate all into what I'm doing now and enjoying it and having a lot of fun with it. And so it's really amazing. So that's the thing. I think it just goes back to following your intuition and doing what you feel deep down is best for you. Not what other people say you should do. Not what society is telling you. But you just have to follow your heart like you are doing and like you've done. You know, you didn't want to move halfway. Well, not halfway. Way across the other (laughs) side of the country. You know, a four and a half hour plane ride from your family. But there was something inside of you telling you that you needed to do it. Yeah. So you did it. I did it without thinking. And look where you are. (laughs) Well, you thought about it. And you think about it all the time. Yeah. But you followed your your 
intuition. Mm -hmm. You knew you were passionate about it. You knew there was something taking you there. And even at times that maybe you thought it's time for me to leave here, there was always something holding you back. And that was your intuition. You followed it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's actually like torture, you know, being away from home. I do look at someone like you who has such a successful career and who's done so many things creative. And I wonder what sort of benefits I would have gotten to being a big fish in a smaller pond. And so I ask you, what do you think the benefits are to that? And how can you know if that life is better for you than moving to the big city to pursue your creativity? Big fish, smaller pond. Benefits. Benefits. (laughs) B-F-S-P-B. I mean, if you're a big fish in a smaller pond, I could never in my life live in L.A., I just couldn't. I I couldn't be in the big pond. I'm designed for a small pond. So not everyone is. You could so be in the big pond, but but I don't want to be in the big You don't want to. And I think that that's something to know yourself in that way. You just have to know yourself. If you're meant to be in the small pond, then you'll shine. But if you're meant to be in the big pond, (laughs) then you'll shine too. You just have to work really hard no matter what if you're if you're in the small or the big setting. It's a competitive life that we live in, yeah. no matter what. And you just have to be driven and passionate and, and be educated on whatever it is that you choose to go into. And no matter where you end up, you will succeed if you push yourself. It's a hard work. Either way, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, There's no easy route. It's just knowing what works for you, what fits for you. And I usually don't bring up relationships, but I was – so honored recently to be in your wedding. Your wedding was a piece of art, by the way. Just the way <laughs> everything was designed. It was so visually pleasing. So nice um, of you Even the say. dresses. You designed the dresses for them, which was amazing. And I'll post pictures of all the things that we're talking about. But they, I mean, they're the most beautiful bridesmaids dress you'll ever see in your life. Dresses. I don't know about that, but thank yes, you. I do know about it. In your life. I've, I've been a bridesmaid enough times now. <laughs> I'm probably going to be a bridesmaid 900 <laughs> times before I get married, if and when that happens. So you... I'm interested in all that, but really with your love, like you were in a a long-term relationship and then you met your husband, Chris, and it just like, it all clicked into place. I think there's art to love too. Yeah. How do you know if your relationship is the one and the one that's going to be creatively fulfilling for you as well? Great question. Powerful question. Glad to answer it. (laughs) So many elements to the question. I'll probably forget some. Um, Me too. It's again, I'm going to just say the same thing. God. It's just that intuition. Like if you have something, I had something holding me back with all of my boyfriends, with my previous relationships. And you were always kind of anti-marriage. Like you knew you wanted to get married, but you're like, let's just slow it down. I knew I wanted to get married, but like. I it was always in me. I wanted to get married, but I never I just didn't think it was going to happen so easily or so quickly. My mom always was like, when you meet the one, you'll know it's just going to hit you like a ton of bricks. And I was like, impossible. I'm like, I guarantee you any person I'm going to be with is going to annoy me. There just are. And I'm not going to want to live with them because they're going to bug me. And. I just found it very hard to believe that you could just meet a human being and just click with them on so many different levels. 
because it that just was never the case for me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but, but the happens. past relationships are great because you learn from them and mm-hmm. you figure out what you want and what you don't want, and it you're always continuously growing. But by following my gut, my intuition, I always knew I'm not going to marry this person. Right. I'm not going to marry that person. Like, I just knew in my heart of hearts that I was not going to marry the person. So I think, but because you get so wrapped up in a relationship. Yeah, and and you love the person as a person. You love the person as a person, and you grow attached to their family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it makes it all so much more difficult to walk away. You go through life experiences together. So it's difficult but you just have to follow your heart. You have to f- pray on everything, like I said. And I'm just like a broken record, seriously. Oh, it's good. But you I have mean, to hear that message like seven times me. before you live it. But that's me. So if anybody knows me, they know I just literally pray on anything and everything. Right. But it's helped me get through everything in life. And I haven't learned that until I was like later in life, too. When I met my husband, it just everything was just easy. And my mom did always used to say, it should be easy. It shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be an effort. Question. So we met date one. By date two, we were like, this is probably it. We dated 10 months just to like appease society. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. So we didn't want to be like in the inquire, like world's fastest, like engagement couple to get engaged and married. And then you got engaged at 10 months, got married at six months. How does Chris encourage... Seven your, months. Or seven yes. months. Okay, seven <laughs> months. How how do you, Chris, encourage your creativity? Well, the thing about Chris is that his family has a business, although he's not in the family business. So Chris is very passionate about small businesses and family businesses because that's what he grew up in. So like me on Saturdays in high school, he wasn't out playing with his friends. He was at his dad and his uncle's jewelry store sweeping the floors and also engaging with customers and doing everything that a kid that grows up in a family business has to do. So he has a much larger appreciation so for him, the two routes were either go to law school or go on the family business, which was sort of similar to myself since I humored going to law school as well. And he ended up going to law school and I ended up going to the family business. But he encourages me and pushes me and supports me on so many different levels. And he knows that that I'm so passionate about what I do. He knows that it's just important to me. So he supports me in it. And he's passionate about it himself. I mean, I think he's more into family businesses sometimes than I (laughs) because I'm living it every day. So sometimes by the time I get home, I'm like tired of it. But he is something I think it's just in him. Mm -hmm. Deep down, it's in him. So it makes it easier for us to relate to one another because he went through similar experiences as I. I love it. A few more questions before we wrap this up. Shoot. You and your mom have taught me so much about being a strong woman and negotiating for uh, for deals, whether it's my car or my salary. I've learned a lot from both of you about how to be strong and how to to make sure that no one takes advantage of me. What are some challenges you and your mom have met you think that are specifically due to your gender and how did you overcome them and what's your advice for other women on how to do the same? 
Well, I have to say, as you mentioned, my mother's a pretty strong woman. She is a cancer survivor. Stage four, is it uterine Uterine cancer cancer survivor? So, and she pushed through it. She's extremely resilient. Although I believe a lot of people are strong and cancer kills them because it's just a horrible disease. Yeah. But we were very blessed that she pulled out of it so strong and she worked throughout it. So my mom's a very strong person. I'll be 100% honest with you, and I don't know if this is the answer that you want to hear, but there's not too many people, even men, that feel that they can compete with her because she is so strong. And we've worked with many vendors that are men and women, especially some, a lot of people from New York, you know, as you know, in the think fashion business. think they can steamroll a little person from the suburbs of Detroit, and, and then they don't see Tony they DeSaro just, they come They think in. that they can just push you around and tell you what to do and, you know, tell you they want you to pay for merchandise before it even comes to your store, which if you've been in business a long time, you know you're like net 30 or net 60. You have 30 or 60 days to pay for your merchandise. Mm. But now, because of the new businesses that are all coming out and a lot of younger people and they don't trust them, they don't know that they're going to pay their bills. So, of course, they want to get their payment before they leave. Well, God forbid somebody says that to my mom because... She has a nice sit down with them and they back down. So I guess the answer to your question is to spin off of the gender question, sort of turning a negative into a positive. You just have to be strong willed and you can't back down anybody, male or female. Mm-hmm. And how do you build that up if that's not natural? You just for have you? to have a lot of confidence and how? you have to how well, her, I believe it's in her DNA. Mm-hmm. But like, She's are there any extremely like extremely tough? Any people? Obviously, you're you've you looked know. Up quite to your frankly, mom. I shouldn't. I don't look up to this person, but I will tell you this: Chris Jenner. Oh yeah, no, she's great. Doesn't take no for an answer. Yeah. So if she asks somebody a question and they tell her no, she goes to another source and goes to another source until she gets yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what my mom does. No one can be mad at her business savvy. I mean, no. she is a true artist when it comes to business well, that's and exactly managing it. careers. If you want to talk about her parenting or whatever, like that's that's fine. That's totally. But nobody different. can say that but she's not an incredible businesswoman. From a business perspective, Chris Jenner doesn't take no for an answer, and she's gotten very far because of it. So I I believe it's just being persistent, yeah, and getting yourself to be just resilient not taking no for an answer if you feel that something is right for you or your business you just kind of have to keep pushing for it and you can't you're gonna have days that you feel defeated it's very normal it's not normal to soar through anything and be like oh my god this is so amazing I'm doing so amazing like there's life never not a road Instagram. bump life is not Instagram life is very real and you're gonna have very bad days and very good days and some days that are just like meh Mm-hmm. Chris and I call them meh days, M-E-H. Yeah. Meh days. Meh. Meh days. <laughs> so it's like. It would be better if you could sing a little jingle about it. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> so there's always going to be good and bad days. You just got to keep pushing through. All That's right. That's the key. Push it and have good role models. Exactly. So I think a lot about the inner child, you know, like little Maria. Someone once said, you're every age you've ever been. So that little girl, that little five-year-old girl is still inside of you. I have two questions. It's a double-sided question. 
if your little five-year-old self could talk to you and look at everything you're doing in your life creatively and love and personal, what do you think she would say to you and why? That's such a cute question. I never thought about five-year-old me. I think about five-year-old me every day. That's really nice. <laughs> I'm still going to feel like I'm five. <laughs> That's a true story. Somehow, throughout it all, deep down, I'm five. So I think little five-year-old Maria would tell me probably she probably would be happy. And she would say, you're living out the dream that I wanted. Oh, probably. That's so beautiful. I think she would be happy. And I also kind of played it safe in life. I mean. You didn't. I mean, I played it safe as far as like. I mean, I stayed very close to my family. My whole life was like devoted to like my family and then my family business and now my husband. The reason I'm I'm interviewing you is because I think that to the naked eye, someone would think you played it safe. But to me, you took a lot of risks and you've developed an incredibly creative life for yourself. Even marrying Chris was a risk. Like, I mean, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, why are you marrying someone after, you know, 10 mm-hmm. months of dating, seven months of engagement, but you trusted your gut. And I think that that's the through line in all of this is like, it doesn't matter if something to the naked eye looks easy. Mm-hmm. The, the true story is everything's intricate and everything mm-hmm. takes time and everything has lots of creative layers behind it. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is amazingly creative and was amazingly difficult. It's very true. It, you don't give yourself no matter what credit. you have to follow your gut and your intuition. But thank you, I appreciate it. It hasn't been an easy road, but you understand that I do. And you can't. I think going into anything in life, you just have to know that it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. I don't care. My mom always used to say, if you want to sell pencils, be the best pencil salesman that there ever was. Like no matter what route you want to go into in life, you just have to give it a hundred percent. You have to be passionate about it. Right. And I mean, I think, too, there's a difference between something being easy, like easy, like you you picked an option that was like just not a risk and like probably beneath what you could do and something being in flow. What Mm -hmm. you're talking about, like with your marriage with Chris and with like running the store, you were in a flow state for that. And while it was very hard work to make it all happen, Mm -hmm. it still felt like you were in flow. Effortless. That's actually very true. Mm Mm-hmm. But it wasn't easy. No, it wasn't. It's a, it's a it slight wasn't, difference. It wasn't easy. You're correct. Yeah. It wasn't easy. So if you could give your five-year-old any advice, what would it be and why? I would tell my five-year-old self, because I think it took me a little bit too long to understand this. I would try to drill it in her like pretty early on. That on good days and bad days, you always need to pray. You always need to reflect. You always need to be thankful. Always need to be humble and grateful for what you have. And if you have a dream, you just have to work towards it and continue to push yourself until you get to where you want to be in life. And even then, keep pushing. And just know that God has a plan for you. And you will come across it one day, whatever is meant to be. And if one door closes, another one opens. And it's true. Over and out. Roger. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to my guest, Maria DeSaro. For more info on Maria, you can follow her at MariaD320. And to learn more about her store and get some of her amazing clothes, which I highly recommend. 
follow Daywood on Instagram at DaywoodGP. That's at D-A-W-O-O-D-G-P. And check out their website, DaywoodGP.com. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you enjoy the show, the best way to share that is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on Apple Podcasts. And you can also follow on Spotify. If you really like it and want to support, take a screenshot of yourself listening and share it to your Instagram stories or your Instagram main page. Tag at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso and I will repost it. My wish for you this week is that you really evaluate your life and the opportunities you're given and ask, how could I put my own spin on this? How could I be more creative with the situation that I'm in right now? Because whether or not that's your ultimate goal, I promise you, by making creativity more of a filter for your situation, you're going to, one, make it more enjoyable, maybe make it your actual trajectory, or you're going to bring yourself closer to what you really want to do. So follow Maria's lead. Don't put yourself in a box. Make creativity the filter for your life and business, and let me know what happens. I believe in you. I will talk with you soon, and stay tuned for the creative of the week. We're bringing that back, and we have an amazing one this week. Check it out. Sarah Williamson is a collage artist and painter. Her work is inspired by modern architecture, color, a beautifully styled space, shape, texture, and travel. She also loves to take herself on artist dates to spark new ideas, which we should all do. She says, when collages come together, they just sort of flow out of me. I love to sit on the floor with a pile of magazines and cut out pieces of color or pattern into different shapes. Then I place them together until the combination makes me smile. I want people to feel happy when they look at my work. I believe that art doesn't have to have a deep meaning or a fancy name. If it makes you feel, then that's it. Total agreement there. She recently showed her work publicly for the first time at the Indie Craft Experience on September 8th. Let's all go and commend her on social media and also check out some of her awesome work. You can follow her at Sarah Williamson Art and at SarahWilliamsonArt.com. Talk to you soon. Have a creative week.